Good morning. I'm here at the One Vision in Watford. Today we're going to have a special guest with us this morning, and it's Sunday. Um, how wonderful to join with Jeff Brown, and Jeff is the Chief Executive for Health Watch Hertfordshire. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Ina. Thank you very How much. How are you today? To I'm good, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank fine. you for coming uh, to Watford um, to join us with the podcast. Um, I see Health Watch is a big topic, you know, coming uh, out of COVID and the pandemic. Just before we go into that topic, Jeff, could you, you know, I know you have got a very broad uh background in terms of working with the government and everything could you just give a bit little bit about yourself you know what you used to do before the health watch yeah happy to do so um so most of my career i was in local government um and i was in sort of frontline services libraries and so on um but then i sort of moved into more corporate roles and when mm. i worked at the county council i had sort of responsibility for e- equalities for community engagement uh, and also issues around sort of performance and so on but um, I mean that was great really getting out and talking to people in communities and thinking about what um, how we could provide services in a, in a way that reflected people's needs and also listening to what what people people mm. wanted so yeah so it was nice background to sort of uh, then when I moved away from local government I worked uh, on my own for our, ran my own business and then got the opportunity to work for health watch and we created an organization that it's hopefully focused on the needs of, of communities and hearing people's voices. Brilliant. This is around 2013, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So what, what made you to create this organisation? Um, well, there, there's a sort of health watch in every area. So yeah. there's about 150 health watch in, the, in, in England. But um, it, I suppose it appealed to me in two ways. One was the chance of setting up a new organisation. It's quite exciting to do that. Mm, um, mm. But also because I think I've got, I've always had a sort of commitment to, to the NHS, to, to social care, okay. and a yeah. commitment to sort of the patient perspective, community perspective. So it's been quite a nice way to bring those things together. And quite, you know, quite nice to work for us. I mean, we're a small charity, but it's it's quite nice mm. to, to, to get to know everybody and work in that sort of environment. Thank you for that. Um, it's very clear health watch it says what the meaning is but in your own words tell us what is health watch okay so (laughs) yeah so so i suppose the three things that we do really so one is um you know we want to hear what people's experiences are so if you go to the dentist or the uh, the hospital or you go i don't know the pharmacy or something you have a good experience or a bad experience it's quite good to tell us uh, what those things were were like uh, so that w- if it didn't work very well, we can then try and improve something, talk to people to try and get mm. that improved. Um, we offer a signposting service so people can mm-hmm. call us if, perhaps if they, I don't know, it could be that they want to know something immediate. You know, is there a support group for this uh, for this uh, health need in the community? Or it might be something like, I'm not happy with my GP, how do I go about changing, um, mm. changing GP? Or it could be, you know, someone's not happy again with perhaps the care of a family member at an acute hospital or a mental health service or something, they can contact us and either we can tell them how to go about doing that or refer them onwards. And I suppose the third thing is is that our role um, going out into communities 
and hearing, you know, doing particular pieces of work. Um, so it, we'll do sort of surveys, we'll do focus groups, we'll do interviews to find out what you know what people's concerns are and um, and just really their understanding of, of how things are working or not working. So we run a sort of research and engagement program as well. That that's excellent. So um, so if somebody is going through something, you know, when you know they have to come to you or you know how they can contact you. So I mean, most of the contact is either yeah. through the phone um, through. A, we have a, a phone number for people to contact and perhaps we could leave the details on, on mm. the recording. Um, most people come by phone or um, we have an online form and that's got increasingly used so people can um, you know, can put their, their concerns online and we'll get back to them either by email or by phone, however they want. Um, we, we, at the moment, we're not doing as much face-to-face -face work with communities but hopefully we'll be able to do more of that. Um, and also we do get some contact um, you know, people write to us, actually write, you know, write and send a letter and we can respond to that. So all sorts of different ways, people, a lot of access is via the website and the mm. forms there. I'm sure that last two years is a tough uh, year for all of us um, because of the pandemic. And I think we're still going through a big challenge, uh, rightly say. Um, do you think there are still issues um, you see people still um, facing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we, we did some work early on in the pandemic to find out what mm. people's concerns were, and some of those related to people's mental health. That you know, whether it was sort of concerns about the pandemic itself, or you know, they were feeling lonely and isolated. If you know, perhaps if they were shielding or something. Um, and although um, you know, it's it's a while since the sort of pandemic kicked off. We know that people's mental health is still a concern. The number of people who need to access services has increased and people, you know, probably people are more ill around their mental health as well. So that's, that was a concern, an ongoing one. Um, I think, you know, there's people who were waiting for operations and so on two years ago. Those waiting lists have grown, so a lot of people are, are waiting for help, um, or having help to as they're waiting for uh, for an operation or something. And then there's some sort of unexpected thing. So one of the big issues we, we've dealt with has been around accessing a, a, an NHS dentist. Um, so um, the, the number of NHS dentists doesn't reflect the need that people have. People find it difficult to get appointments. And even in urgent cases, people are struggling sometimes to to, to, you know, to get an appointment. So there's the sort of all the stuff around the concerns and, the, and what's happened in terms of you know, long COVID and so on, and the, the disproportionate impact on on some communities, as you know, with, with the with the pandemic, but also some sort of um, things that have happened because of a lack of access to services during the period. That's brilliant. Um, also, the impact on mental health amongst the children and young people during the pandemic is shooted off. You know, especially due with eating disorders and uh, all these. Is that something you actually, your health watch looks into it? Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's absolutely right. So, you know, the young person's mental health uh, challenge mm. has been a real challenge. And as you say, specifically eating disorders. So it's an area that, uh, you know, I think people are more aware of it. Um, and so there's more, you know, hopefully more support will be available. But we know a lot more, a lot more young people have, have had challenges. And a lot of that has been around eating disorders. 
and it's one of those areas where we got quite a lot of contact from particularly I think from parents or the family members concerned about their young people um, and some from the people themselves where their experiences of services haven't been that great so we've had conversations with the providers of those services to try to mm -hmm. um, you know at least put forward about people's experiences and how things can be improved and there's an openness to, to hearing that and improving those services um, but there's a lot of demand for a relatively small amount of service I think so it's something definitely to be um, concerned about and watching I think. So I hear from you um, you can change things and improve services um, is there any particular example or give me some examples? Yeah, yeah. So I guess what, what we as what we have as Health Watch, as well as the stuff where we, we're hearing people's voices, we then go to people who provide services and talk through what people have experienced and raise those issues. Um, and we meet with the leaders of, of the health of people leaders in health and social care to talk through what people's experiences were. So we've got sort of powers to do that and those those organizations are legally um, required to respond to the, the issues that we we raise um, but most of them are quite keen to hear the voices and, and to put things right um, I mentioned earlier about dentistry as a specific example what we've we've done there is is help people understand what what is available if they've got emergency needs how to go about doing that um, those services are available through 111 um, but we've talked to 111 because sometimes the, the people's experience of those services wasn't as great as it might be. Um, but we're also working with, um, with the NHS in the region um, to improve the number of appointments that are available, uh, improve awareness of, of what services they are. So um, it's about hearing those things, about hearing about people's experiences, but hopefully doing something to help. And on a more sort of immediate basis, one of the nice things that the job is when someone contacts the signposting service and they've got one of these problems like I was talking about earlier and we can tell them how, you know, how to go about sorting things out. And we get quite a lot of compliments afterwards where we fix stuff at a very immediate level. You know, sometimes it might be one example was when people were housebound and needed to have a vaccination and that vaccination wasn't happening and we were able mm. to sort those things out. So it can be quite immediate and practical for an individual or it can be something you know bigger within the system really. Jeff, you must be very influenced with local government, your organisation and with NHS leaders. Um, hearing all these, all these surveys, do you challenge them? We do. Um, it's usually it's not sort of having to go in and bang on a table or something. <laughs> yeah. It's usually yeah. more about saying you um, we've had the concerns raised about this service. Um, this doesn't seem to be working very well. These are the issues about communication that's happening. Um, so we we're able to go and, and challenge them. I think because we're a, we're known as an independent organisation. We're known as a voice of patients, and we also. We do it from an, ev an evidence point of view, so it's what people have told us about their experience, rather than as just say this isn't any good. If we say this is what happened to people, this you know this service didn't reflect their needs, or people, you know, people weren't communicated with, with about this service, they can do the more specific the things are, the more they can address them. Um, and so I think, particularly during the pandemic, when they haven't had their own sort of routes available to talk to communities that they've welcomed what we've been able to say to them and as I say we don't usually they're, they're usually open to it rather than it as needing to be formal or 
or exceptionally challenging perhaps. Working with the community, Jeff, um, have you experienced, your organization experience people are thinking, nobody listens to me, you know, no one hears our voice. Do you experience that? Do you, you know, how do you work with those people who yeah. lost their confidence? With, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously we want, we want to help everybody. We want to hear from everybody, but um, some people are better at knowing how to raise issues or they've got contacts to do things. Um, but part of what we do um, is focusing on, on people who are either particularly disadvantaged or, um, you know, their voices are, are heard less often. Then there's a few examples of that that we've done in, in sort of the last year or two. One is uh, with the veterans community, the service leavers, where people, you know, leaving the armed forces um, had often having significant health needs, but not necessarily having the support from the way that the NHS worked. And so we were able to talk to, to the veteran community, find out what some of those issues were and talk to um, NHS providers who have put things in place to be more understanding of veterans. Um, people with learning disabilities are, are entitled to a, a check on an annual basis with their GP, um, but those don't always happen or aren't always particularly helpful. So we've again talked to the, the, pe the, the learning disability community, found out about their experience and those changes have been put in place. So there's monitoring to make sure those appointments happen. Um, one of the things I mean, it was important that services moved uh, away from being face-to-face -face during the pandemic, but for people who um, who didn't couldn't access technology or got concerns about it, um, they could feel more at disadvantage. You know, their voice was going to be heard less if they didn't have the routes to follow. And so we've done work, we've done some case studies with people who, were, who felt sort of digitally excluded about what the reasons were for that, how they could be addressed and and also talk about hopefully more provision being made face-to-face -face in future. And probably, I mean, the biggest issue at the moment, biggest concern we've got is around, we know that the pandemic affected community, the communities disproportionately, some ethnically diverse communities disproportionately. We know those voices um, have not been heard. And for some of the people within those communities, and you know these communities very well yourself, you know, but there, there's a sort of, a feeling that they haven't been listened to for a long time mm. and so it's important I think to be going out and, and hearing about what people's experiences are but also to explore some of the specific issues we um, we're looking at the moment around particularly with the uh, black Asian and Arab communities around whether they feel that the NHS treats them equally to people from white communities um, so it, it's about hearing what their perspectives are um, and finding out what their concerns are. Um, and just on that one, perhaps for, for a moment, the so far about half the people we've spoken to don't feel they do get equal treatment. Um, and the, a, a strong message back to say about sort of cultural sensitivity for, in the way that the NHS and uh, works to reflect how communities need services to be provided and how they need, you know, how things reflect that cultural set, uh, sort of sensitivity. Um, we're also working, we, we're having interviews with each of the NHS organisations okay, yeah. to check out their, how they see the issues and how sort of they, what they put in place to address those 
those issues around equality, inequality that they, they know about, but what are they doing to address it? So we've started those interest, those interviews, so it'd be interesting to see the outcome of that. Really. Brilliant. Um, Jeff, at One Vision, one of our arm is one voice bringing communities together. Um, we are um, in, a, in a kind of doing a research on how we can bring different communities together to understand each other's culture. One thing I wanted to ask, um, you know, uh, working with your organization for the last six, seven months with your team, I still wanted to understand um, there are different communities, especially during last 10 years, I would say, the immigrants is going higher and higher. These different communities, do you think they've experience struggle in different ways and you know in, in in terms of mental health and you talked about NHS how do we meet their needs how do we ensure that we are meeting their needs yeah I, I, I think you're absolutely right I think there are there are very specific needs um, very different needs um, I suppose there's a baseline of a good a good quality service and good communication applies to, to everyone um, I mean, we've, we've made a start, I think, looking at, at some particular communities and the needs of those communities, but um, there's a, a lot more needs to be done. And as you say, it's it, not enough listening has probably happened by everyone over the, the, you know, over recent years. There are a number of initiatives happening, um, both sort of led by the NHS um, and the voluntary sector to, to try to get to a as, as many people from diverse communities as possible to hear those different perspectives. Um, and I think it's you know, your approach to sort of, in a way to give everybody a chance to be involved, but also sort of do it together rather than it can be a completely separate approach with everybody yeah. is, is, a, is a good model. But so I think, I think there's a lot, a lot still to be done. Um, I think there's some desire to, to, to do it at the moment and to, to, um, to get to as many people as, as can be you know can be involved, but I think it needs to be a long term approach as well. My, my concern is that at the moment it's everybody knows about its importance. People are talking about it. There's funding within the NHS and so on to address uh, that those inequalities issues. But it needs to be a long term thing rather than something that's just happened in the light of what people have experienced over the last couple of years. Great. Um- I've seen your organization done brilliant work with dementia um, work. Do you think dementia exists in ethnic minorities' families? Yeah, 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 I mean, absolutely. I think it, and that it's an example, perhaps, you know, of where the, the sort of cultural sensitivities come mm. in. Um, you know, we've, we've known, for instance, about how how de- dementia is seen within gypsy and traveler communities there are you know it's particular challenges perhaps in that community um i think it, it, it's it's something where we you know we need to understand more about the how things are seen and how we go about supporting people in those situations so i mean if again that might be something we can work with you to get yes, a greater understanding yeah. of how we can can help without it uh, been an inappropriate approach to take. I've seen um, there are a lot of effort put on dementia, whether it's county level or in local government or local councils. Um, 
and I see families with um, ethnic minorities, families, especially with uh, South Asian uh, communities, the parents, you know, um, experiencing dementia, or even the children experiencing autism. And I think, and I personally, you know, uh, as running these organizations and one vision and going around and saying, we need to do enough, you know, enough work to reach out to those communities. I'm sure that you will agree with me uh, in terms of I'm, you know, I'm, you know, grateful that you know I found your organization working with your team. I'm quite happy to work. I think we still need to reach out to those communities yeah. in terms of helping those needs. Um, in, yeah, uh, they're completely. I think that's absolutely yeah. right. And I think, yeah. you know, if any sort of it, any advice that you've got for us to make sure we we can do that in a good way would be very happy to. It, it, it looks like you know uh, you're helping people with uh, a big range of issues. Uh, is there any other thing you're working right now in different projects? Um, we, 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 there's a few things that we we've been working on that um, are a sort of coming to a close. We've been doing work. Um, looking at an app for people, for young people with um, learning disabilities, which is going to have their sort of medical records on, and we've been doing some sort mm. of work, working for co-producing with young people, uh, 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 an app to sort of assess its, its value. Um, we we do quite a lot of work around co-production generally. So, for instance, in in the, in the west of Hertfordshire, there's a model being developed where the patient and community voice is going to be very much part of working alongside NHS and social care colleagues to develop services that reflect people's needs. So um, as a sort of, if a new service is being developed, there's an opportunity for for patients and communities to help shape it rather than it's you know it's when it's delivered that they, they see it. So there's there's a quite a drive to do to do that. Um, we're involved with um, what's called a community assembly in, in the east of the county which is bringing together voluntary sector people, people from communities, patients and the NHS to sort of do, um, talk about important issues there. Um, and um, so it's a mixture of sort of projects and opportunities for developing new models because there's quite a lot of change happening within the NHS at the moment. Yeah, we strongly believe in working together make a big impact in our community. Is there any other organisation you work with in terms of Charities or um, community groups—is that throughout the half shed? Is there any anyone you work with very closely? Um, a lot of them actually. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But we, um, I, I guess we, we, it reflects the, the sort of breadth of our, our approach really. So mm. um, it could, you know, at the moment we're doing quite a lot of work with with community groups from you know, yeah. particularly particular communities. Um, we do a lot of work with. Um, people like Age UK around agendas like the dementia agenda. We work with Hearts Independent Living Service because they you know, do a lot of work going into people's homes and, and supporting people in communities. Um, we work with community development, Hertfordshire, you know, where, where sort of umbrella and with the CD at the community development agencies locally, so where they've got roots into smaller groups as well. Um, and so, and then we work with quite a lot of you know, people like Viewpoint that support people with with mental health challenges. So, I guess quite a few, um, some of the bigger bigger organisations, bigger charities, but also some sort of very local ones as well. Brilliant! Thank you so much. Uh, 
Jeff, I understand you're currently working on a project on uh, unequal treatment with health and social care. Um, could you just talk through us with the project, current project? You're yeah, doing? yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I mentioned a little bit about it earlier. What we um, what we wanted to do was to uh, was to look at how people felt around um, access to to services, whether people were treated equally, and so on. Um, and our particular focus at the moment is with the black, um, Asian, and and Arab communities, um, looking at, at health inequalities whether they feel that the NHS treats them equally compared to people from white communities. And it, we're going out very much and talking to very local groups, often or individuals, where um, people have got an important perspective to, to bring. Um, sometimes it might be only two people in a small, you know, a small organisation that's supporting communities that has a very good idea of some of the challenges that are faced. Um, so I think it's, um, it's, from that piece of work, it's a mixture of hearing about people's experience, whether they think things uh, they're being treated equally. And so far, around about uh, half the people we've spoken to don't uh, feel that they're treated equally by the NHS. Um, and it's, we're also talking mm. to uh, the providers of those services to, to sort of ensure that they're thinking about cultural sensitivity uh, in, in how they're, they're uh, providing services to a whole range of communities. So if they do uh, face unequal treatment, uh, what are the protocols to follow? How do they contact you? Um, so um, uh, we, if we provide the details okay. for people to contact us, that, that would be great. They can do it by phone, by email. You know, we're very happy to go and talk to people. I think it's one of these things where probably as a piece of work, people are happy for us to go out and talk to them rather than, you know, anything, a formal meeting or you know, just ringing us up. So we're very happy to go out, you know, if people make contact with us directly or, you know, if there are contacts that you have, you know, that come to you, we'd be, you know, very happy to go through that route if if, if that's easier for them. So um, we want to get as wide a range of voices as we can, but we understand, you know, these very busy people directly providing services often who don't necessarily want to put a lot of time in just to talk, you know, talk to someone. Yeah. I'm sure that people listening to this podcast we have a little bit understanding about what Health Watch Hertfordshire does and I'm 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 start learning about you know this unequal treatment with the health and social care or um during this pandemic reference to vaccination yeah um there are a big impact on people not taking vaccination whatever the reason is you know do you see that as a challenge in healthcare? Yeah, I mean, we, we I think we've, what we wanted to do, we did a piece of work around, um, around vaccination, um, about people's experience of vaccination and, and their, their feelings about it. I think it was important to, to actually hear what people's perspective was. Mm. Ra- you know, there was quite a lot of noise about what people should be doing or not. Mm. Um, and in talking to people about about it you know obviously from from the point of view of a health perspective you would want to encourage people to have vaccination and you know you can see that the benefits for people to be vaccinated but there are also you know challenges that people had and some of them might be cultural sensitivities some of it might be just very practical things so some people that we spoke to 
perhaps had an unsympathetic employer if they'd been ill to the first vaccination. Their employer wasn't encouraging them to have a second vaccination. It was like, well, should you be having it because it means you can't come in here and do your job sort of thing. Or it could be, you know, when the vaccinations first started, um, you know, where those locations were were not always convenient for people. There was a the cost of travelling. There was the you know, difficulty of managing the travel as well as perhaps care and responsibilities and so on. And we, our sort of feedback, I think, helped prompt the move for more vaccination to happen within communities. So we would encourage it to, um, people to be vaccinated, but it's imp really important to understand the challenges people faced and not not to be sort of too judgmental about it, I think. We uh, work with food insecurity uh, amongst um, the people with low income or the impact from the COVID-19. Is that is that anything you think that will impact their mental health and increase of their health uh, just because of the food insecurity? Well, I think we we often sort of don't talk enough about poverty. You mm. know, poverty is is crucial. You know, we know that um, you know the impact um, of the pandemic was much greater on people mm. who had less had less wealth um, I think the impact you know we know that there are challenges now more you know some of the challenges around employment around you know it, having enough money really for the very basic things um, can be a challenge yeah. for, for people so I think I think both in terms of um, the mental health of people struggling in that situation the issues around whether people are eating well enough, whether people are making sacrifices so some people within the family um, could eat, which is something you've talked about. So, um, you know, I think there are there are both emotional and physical challenges about about dealing with poverty, and uh, you know that we we need to address in the work that we do. Um, again, it's one of those strands that impacts across communities. There's many organisations in Hertfordshire working like hearts, um, mind hearts, you know, they're working with mental health. There's lots of organizations working with, uh, I think it's very important that, you know, we come together, organizations like you, we need to look into people, especially this tough time, food insecurity, and we're going into fuel poverty as well now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, people are start thinking whether to heat the house or eat. Um, I think working together with their health is very important thank you uh, uh jeff for joining i just want before uh, we come to an end i think we, we, we discuss a lot um just talk to us the most important message you would like our um listeners to take away uh, from this chat this morning something is burning that you want to do okay um, so so i think um we're here to help so if you you know if you had an expert if you've had an experience, good or bad, um, or you've got a query, or we're doing a piece of research or engagement in your community, you know, please come and say, if you say stuff to us, we can help improve things. And if I'm allowed a second thing, just to say that the NHS is, is struggling, it's under pressure, but it's open. If you need a service, you know, get it. Don't be put off by the challenge of trying to get a service at the moment. You know, seek help if you need it. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us this morning. I really appreciate that you come all the way to Watford 
uh, to talk about Health Watch. Uh, uh, if you're listening today or if you're listening later on in YouTube, it will be on Spotify as well. Uh, you can watch later. But one thing I just want to sh- share with you is Health Watch Half a Share doing an absolutely fantastic work and they've got a great team. Please visit their website, Health Watch uh, Half a Share. Um, if you have any concerns uh, with your health or anything to do with uh, health and social care, please be in touch with their team and they will be more than happy to uh, work uh, with you, whether it's an individual or family or organization. Thank you again, Jeff. For Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Enoch. Thank so you very much, much for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you.